Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. Welcome back, Houston Texans fans, to another episode of the Back Row Texans Show. It's game week, tomorrow's game day, opening of football, Chiefs and Texans in Kansas City. Whew, I don't know about you, but I can't wait. You know, game time uh, Game time starts at 7.20 p.m., so be ready. You know, and to make sure that you're there on time, uh, I suggest a good watch. Today's episode is sponsored by Vare. Vare was founded with a goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vare returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vare is a true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vare is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. That's P-O-D-G-O-1-5. Go to verewatches.com to learn more and to get your new timepiece. That's a great deal, guys. And like I said, don't be late. Game time is 7.20. Whether you are one of the lucky 16,000 to be there in Kansas City cheering on your team, or if you're at home, I want to hear you. This week, I was able to do a collaboration with the Kansas City Tailgaters show, the KC Tailgaters show. Uh, a couple friends of mine that uh, happened to live in Kansas City and, and root for the wrong team, but we're still able to have some fun and you know talk about the upcoming game and kind of go over some history between the two. So without further ado, let's jump into that podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the KC Tailgater Show, our game preview edition of Kansas City against Houston, opening night 2020. We are a mere two days away. I'm Jordan Anderson. With me, as always, my guy, Marcus Baker. Marcus, how are we doing? Oh, Jordan, we're doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to this highly anticipated NFL opening matchup between the Texans and the Chiefs coming up here on Thursday. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I'm pretty pretty happy tonight. Uh, we actually have someone that knows a little more about Houston than we do. Uh, give us some insight on their side of things. We have Branson Thomas joining us tonight from the Back Row Texans show. Branson, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I'm super excited about uh, opening night. Cannot wait. Yeah, man. Happy to, happy to have you on for sure. Uh, so basically what we're going to do tonight is we're going to give a little background um, on what happened last year. I know you probably don't want to talk about that too much. Uh, we're happy to. We're happy to talk about it anytime you want to. But <laughs> I'm sure. this time around here in 2020, Houston looks a little different. Uh, Kansas City more similar than different. And then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, like just the possibility. If Mahomes happened to go to Chicago like he should have, uh, 
you think Deshaun Watson might be a chief. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and dive into, uh, you know, last year's game. It looked like a for sure blowout on Houston's side of things. And then, you know, I feel like one play happened and everything just blew up from there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree uh, for sure. You know, being up 24 nothing, that's almost a dream come true. Uh, obviously it didn't end up that way, but I, I honestly think it all started with the, uh, not going for it on fourth down and kicking that field goal. I think, uh, that was the, uh, the start of the end for, for Houston. And, you know, in the beginning of that game, you know, the chiefs three first offensive drives, we just had drop after drop after drop from Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, who seldom, very seldom drops balls. Sammy Watkins even dropped a couple. It just wasn't looking like Kansas City out there. And you know, it's not even it's not even in their first quarter yet, and it's 24-0. So, I mean, Chiefs needed a spark, they needed a play. And Daniel Sorensen, out of nowhere, who you would not expect to be a playoff hero, sniffs out a fake punt that you guys went for on a fourth down. I think it was on on your half of the field. Uh he sniffs that out, and I just feel like all momentum just went to Kansas City at that point. Um, you know, that was kind of the turning point there with that Chiefs end up going on a 51 to seven run to close out the game. And, you know, the rest is history after that. But this time around, you guys have a lot of different faces. You have or you no longer have. Uh, man, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, I couldn't I couldn't. Yeah, I was just saying, I could not think of that guy for a second. You oh, don't trust have DeAndre me. None Hopkins. of us will forget him faces in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was a nightmare for the Chiefs there for a while. But, you know, it's just – it's a different different team this year, but you still got number four at the helm. So, I mean, you can't really count him out with anything. Uh, I'm curious to get your guys' takes on, you know, like the new faces in Houston. Uh, Branson, I'm, I want to get from you first because you're, you know, you're a Texans guy. So, I want to get sure. uh, get that before we get Marcus's point of view. No, definitely. I mean, obviously – Hopkins was one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. Um, you know, he's arguing he's number one and I don't, I don't blame him. Um, but him being gone, yes, it hurts, but it honestly might actually help out Watson, you know, all too often he left guys wide, um, wide open down the field cause he was pinpointing on Hopkins. So maybe not having that one guy you're always looking for, We'll help them spread it around. You know, we added Randall Cobb. We added Brandon Cooks. You know, we already had Fuller and Stills. You know, we have some speed. And I'm super excited to see that speed, you know, going downfield. Watson's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. So to get a guy like Cooks, who's one of the best deep ball receivers, it's a match made in heaven. And then you throw in David Johnson, who is coming here. He, you know, from training camp, I mean, he looks good. Everything he's doing in training camp is is looking really good. Um, you know, he's trying to resurrect his career, and Bill O'Brien is definitely going to give him the rock over and over and over again to try and prove that he was not a complete idiot in the Hopkins deal. Marcus? To that extent, though, are you fearful that 
he's going to feed Johnson, even if he's unsuccessful, to prove that he's right? Because in my opinion, the strength of the offense is still the pass game, as it was, in my opinion, last year. But it's just different faces. And I think you're right. I think the offense may actually be a better all-around offense because he doesn't have that single guy that he pinpoints and forces the ball to. Opposed to doing that, it'll kind of be more like Mahomes has been able to do with the weapons he's had and the variety of targets and just let the game come to him and just play ball. I think a lot of times, like you said, Watson forces the ball to Hopkins in double coverage potentially because he trusts him, of course, to where you may have stills over the middle or fuller downfield on the opposite end open, and he's going to force it to hop instead of throwing it to them. So I think that's going to be a benefit, but I'm kind of worried if I was a Texans fan that O'Brien's just going to feed David Johnson even if he's unsuccessful and has that awful yards per carry like he did a couple years ago. And he's really struggled when he's been healthy as of recently. So hopefully, for your guys' sake, that rebounds. But I'd be worried because O'Brien seems like he has a big need to be correct. So it may get a little bit chippy in that situation because Deshaun just signed his big deal, of course, which is deserving. But if you're taking away the opportunity for him to impact the game just to be right, I mean, that's not going to look good to your fan base. No, and and I agree with you there. Um, My only counter to that was, you know, Carlos Hyde before coming to Houston didn't exactly, you know, have a spectacular career. You know, he, he was average at best and he came in and was able to get a thousand yards, you know, had some hard, hard running behind a, a line that was getting better as the year went on. Well, this is the first time in the Bill O'Brien era, Welcome, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We yeah. That is you. true. He came from you guys. Well, I like Martin as Franken. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, this is the first time in the Bill O'Brien era that all five starting offensive linemen are returning, you know, so you have that cohesion and I mean, Sharping and Howard were awesome as rookies. So I can only imagine how they're going to be as, you know, sophomores in the league. So, you know, hopefully the, the better offensive line followed by, you know, somebody who's determined to rejuvenate their career uh, plays out in our favor. And, you know, I think that overall, like your number one uh, concern has got to be durability for the guys that you have bringing in, right? I mean, you're bringing in Brandon Cooks, who's had a history of concussions um, and some hamstring issues. And then you have uh, David Johnson, who, I mean, he I feel like he's always banged up, to be honest, at least in the last three years. Uh, Randall Cobbs had some injuries as well. You guys brought him in. Um, you know, Vernon Hargrave's a good pickup. Philip Gaines absolutely is not a good pickup. Uh, us Chiefs fans can, uh, us Chiefs fans can, uh, you know, agree with you on that one there. But I'd, I'd have to say durability is probably the number one concern. I mean, is that fair? Oh no, absolutely. And, and you're missing the number one durability issue, and that's Will Fuller. And you know, he's been on the team. He hasn't <laughs> he hasn't played a full season in his career. But supposedly, you know, he's bulked up and has been working on his posture, and that's been his his fault, I guess, is his bad posture. So we'll see how that plays out. And you know, and another concern, if you, I mean, if you're talking about returning starters, is JJ Watt too, because I feel like every time he plays Kansas City, he gets hurt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm tempted to, uh, you know, call up Bill and say maybe you should sit him this time. <laughs> I mean, we'd appreciate it, but no, I, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then another thing, I you know, I don't know if Houston's been hit as hard as Kansas City has, but the opt-outs. You know, no, we had Yeah, I was actually going to ask starting, you about that. Yeah, our starting right guard uh Duvernay Tardif uh the doctor. You know, yeah, the doctor. He is actually over in uh in France right now on the front lines uh during this COVID crisis. So I mean, I completely understand that opt-out there, you know, saving lives, that's you know, that's important. Uh, Damian Williams was a big one as well. Luckily, we drafted a rookie who hopefully is everything he, uh, you know, everybody's talking about that he's going to be the next big thing. I hope that's true. Um, we haven't we haven't had a preseason, so we have no idea what he's going to be like, what's going to happen, what his stat line is going to be, anything like that. So Damian Williams is another big one. Uh, the doctor and then our our rookie, he was supposed to play tackle, but I'm pretty sure they're going to kick him into guard. He opted out as well. So, you know, we had to go out and sign Mike Rimmers and uh, Daniel Kilgore to replace the him. So, I mean, the opt-outs have definitely hit us pretty hard. I mean, those are two guys that played significant snaps in the Super Bowl. Damian Williams arguably could have been Super Bowl MVP. Uh, oh, I no, thought he should have been. It, it pains me to say that because, I mean – if you've listened to any of our episodes, you'll know that we are not the biggest Damian Williams fans other than playoff. Playoff Damian Williams, sure. Starting, <laughs> you know, all that. But regular That's season, a whole different no. It's person. Just, yeah, it's <laughs> really, it's irritating. Not even but, the same guy. No, as far as Houston, do you guys have any, like, significant opt-outs? We had one opt-out, and he was a defensive tackle that was barely in the rotation to play on defense. I think he had um, eight special teams tackles. So it really just kind of affects there. depth. Yeah. No, honestly, we've lucked out with opt outs and, you know, injuries this off season. You know, uh, we got, um, Conley, our cornerback, he's on the IR cause he had surgery in the spring. But, you know, other than that, there's really, really not too much. Well, I guess Brandon cooks popped up on the injury report this week. So, that's uh, that's one we got to keep a close eye on. And you know, and, is that and, Gary and Conley? Yes, the former Oakland corner. Okay. Correct. You know, you and I were talking about it yesterday. Uh, the injury report. Uh, Travis Kelsey was also on that yesterday, which you know, a lot of Chiefs fans through social media were freaking out because you know, I mean, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. He's one of the best tight ends in football. So that that's definitely a red flag there. Uh, today, though, Andy Reid uh, in his presser today said that everyone practiced. So he's off the injury report. Thank the Lord because that's one of our weapons. Uh, yeah, I especially saw he against was you guys. Do I feel like he and he? Uh, you know, I feel like he's one of our biggest weapons, definitely against Houston, or has been in the last two games anyway. Um, oh yeah, we haven't we haven't figured out a way to cover a good tight end yet. So. I we'll you know and I, that- I hate to sound biased. I hate to sound biased when we have guests on our show, but is it really possible to cover Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, and Hardman all at one time? No, and you know, and I feel that's what you know Bill O'Brien is is trying to mimic um, with all the speed with our weapons as well. I feel like everyone's trying to copy that. Honestly, I mean, you look at. You look at Oakland, I mean, they don't have – I mean, Derek Carr is not Patrick Mahomes. Let's get that straight to start out. But, you know, they get Henry Ruggs in the draft. They have – they got Travis Benjamin from Los Angeles. 
So, I mean, they're trying to – everyone's trying to get speed now. So, I mean, I, I completely understand it. It's a winning formula. If it wins you a championship, you know, people are going to copy after that. But, you know, enough about other teams. Uh, we'll stick on here. What is, like, your – what's Houston's biggest keys, would you say, to playing Kansas City this time around? Well, it, it's going to have to be um, a lot of what we did in week six last year, you know. Everybody remembers the uh, the blowout in the playoffs, but you know Houston went to Arrowhead and won Week Six last year with you know a heavy dose of Carlos Hyde. I think he had twenty six carries. You know, over uh, I think the team had like one hundred and eighty three yards, one hundred and eighty nine yards rushing. So I definitely feel you know the longer we keep you know Mahomes and the offense off the field, you know the better it is for Houston. I know you guys don't need much time to score. You know, we talked about that with the speed and, and stuff, but that was the winning formula last time. You know, we had almost 40 minutes of the of the game clock. So that'll be the dose this time as well. That and pressuring pressuring Mahomes. Do you sure. think <clears throat> go ahead, Morgan? Sorry. No, you're good. What do you think from a standpoint of losing DJ Reader? How do you think that's gonna affect your guys? Uh now, was he a pass rush tackle, or was he? Yeah, was he a pass rush oriented tackle, or more of a run stop guy? I know he was good, but I don't know a bunch about him. You know, he he was kind of all around good. Um, I would lean more towards the run stop than the pass rush for sure. He uh, he did have some sacks and would generate some pressure, but not you know, not to the extent yeah. I guess you you'd necessarily need on somebody like Mahomes. Cause to me, what I've seen Mahomes doesn't do as well with interior pressure. You know, that's how you get to him the, the most. Exactly. And that's why I brought that up. Cause if, if a team does possess that inside pressure, I mean, we saw it with San Francisco in the Super Bowl for the first three quarters, like Patrick was not himself in those first three quarters of the Super Bowl. He finally came around and started to get comfortable by the fourth quarter. But that's really why I brought that up. I mean, that guy's no longer on the team, of course, but you bring a guy like Timmy Jernigan in, which Timmy Jernigan, he probably fits more of that run-stop mold as well because he doesn't have that like over-the-top athleticism. He's a guy I think that's getting up there in age, but he may be somebody. Is that somebody that's going to be in a starting role for you guys, you think? Well, he's actually in Jacksonville now. He ended up not signing with us. Um, oh, that's that's right. Earlier in the offseason, sure. But we did, you know, with that first pick uh, for us last, in this draft, we picked uh, Ross Blacklock. And, you know, all reports out of camp are he's doing a heck of a job. And he is one of those, you know, finesse pass rushing defensive mm-hmm. tackles. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be fun to see, to see that, see what he does. You know, I mean, he's a rookie. So game one, you know, you never know what you're going to get, but. Yeah, he, he was the rookie out of TCU, correct? Correct, yep. Yeah, he was okay. mocked to Kansas City a ton. <laughs> yeah, and I do apologize about having Jernigan on there. For some reason, I thought that he was an addition, but maybe I missed that he reconsidered and went to Jacksonville. But, yeah, regardless, I just wanted to touch on that interior presence for you guys because you're spot on. The way to beat Mahomes is to keep him on the sideline, and when he's on the field, pressure him on the inside. That's really the only way to do it. And, I mean, you and I both know, we all know, J.J. Watt's still going to be an impact guy. If he's on the football field, he's going to make an impact. So that's 100% spot on. Run the football early and often. Establish the run game on your guys' end, and then just get that interior pressure. Yeah, and if I was if I was your defensive coordinator, I would I would preface this putting 
uh, JJ on the inside as much as possible. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Don't be surprised to see quite a few of his snaps coming from the inside. You know, honestly, as it gets later in his career, I think that wouldn't be a, uh, it would be a smart idea to kind of move more towards the inside. Luckily, we will have Mitch Schwartz on that side uh, going against J.J. Watt. So that's that's our only plus there. Um, you know, he he does pretty well against Vaughn Miller. I think in the last six seasons he's been in Kansas City, he has not allowed a single sack to Vaughn Miller. So, I mean, that's that's impressive in itself. But, I mean, him and J.J. Watt are two different guys. You know, one's power, one's speed. So, uh, you know, but Houston's defense is a lot better than what they get credit for. To be honest, I think injuries have killed them the last few years. And, you know, it's it's usually pretty close every time Houston plays Kansas City. You know, ever since the, uh, you know, the Mahomes and the Watson eras there in their respected cities. But other than the, the playoff game, but, you know, we'll move on from that. <laughs> it is opening night. Nerves are going to be kicked in. You know, the Chiefs are bringing their banner out. And, you know, I, I don't. I'm not 100% confident saying the Chiefs are going to win this one. You know, Houston's a damn good football team. And I know the last time that, you know, when the Chiefs went to New England a few years back after New England had brought out their Lombardi trophies and raised their banner and everything, the Chiefs kicked the shit out of the Patriots. So, I mean, I, you know, Houston saying that, I think that'd make them more hungry. I, I feel like that's what the Chiefs did. It made the Chiefs more hungry, you know. We're better than this team. We want to show that we're better than this team. But well, you throw in the I don't fact know, man. That- I can't even I can't even think of a game score prediction right now, just because you know my nerves are starting to kick in. It's finally here. We're two days away. But anyways, yeah, I I really can't think of a score prediction. I mean, do you guys have anything? I think it'll be a close game, honestly, closer than a lot of people expect. Because, like you said, the Texans are going to come out with a vengeance. They've spent months and months sitting in their houses because of COVID, just dreaming of an opportunity to redeem themselves. And I know there's a lot of new additions with these main piece pillar guys in this organization. I mean, you've got your head coach, Watson, J.J. Watt. These guys have spent months preparing for an opportunity to prove themselves again. And what better way to do it than on a night where the whole world's watching, you're watching a team raise a banner that they climbed over you to reach to, like, if, if you're the Texans, you're never going to be more fired up and more motivated to win a game than you are right now. So I think it's going to be close. Ultimately, I think the Chiefs offense, with the addition of Clyde Edwards-Elair, if he is what we think he can be, I think it's too much for a team that I still think has some question marks in the secondary. Like he said, Conley not being 100%. He may not even be able to play, like you mentioned. No, I think it's going to – Oh, he's on IR? Okay. Yeah, he's on well, IR for the first couple weeks. Yeah, so that's going to hurt you guys. I just I think the Chiefs have too much from an offensive standpoint to hold for four quarters, but I do think it'll be close. My score prediction would be 24-35 Kansas City. Oh, so you even have them up 11. See, I'd almost say it's going to be closer than that and you know, if you're if you're betting and and playing the uh, the spread, I think Houston will beat the spread. You know, if they do end up losing, it's going to be, you know, I say less than four, but you know, I, I honestly, I think Houston, Houston's going to come in and pull it out. You know, you don't, you don't have that home field advantage. Um, you guys got what, like 16,000 fans going to the game. Yeah. 
instead of your normal 76,000. So yeah. it'll be, uh, it'll be surreal. Yeah, for sure. I actually, uh, I'm thinking more like 34, 31 Houston. I think, uh, I think the spread started out as what an 11 point spread. Yeah. It dropped. I think it's nine and a half. Yeah. It's tried. sitting at nine and it a was, half. I know when it started out, it was the biggest margin in, you know, the Super Bowl era to start out a NFL kickoff game. But, you know, even I thought that was a little, you know, kind of a shot to the Texans. Cause I mean, the Texans are damn good, man. And I mean, I think it's going to be a hard fought game. And like you said, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than 11. I'd say maybe seven is going to be the, uh, the you know like the biggest deficit but uh i do have kansas city just because i'm a little biased i mean i'll admit it <laughs> but uh you know it could go either way both teams are going to want to make a statement the chiefs are going to want to prove that they can run it back houston's gonna you know they're going to want to show the world that hey we're here we're coming for it so i mean it's gonna be a hard-fought game i think seven's the biggest it goes to so yeah. um from my perspective, just real quick before we close out on that, I just I kind of think the one thing that Houston has going for him is the element of surprise. And from a Vegas standpoint, I think that's why they had the Chiefs and have the Chiefs such a big favorite. It's because, I mean, the sports world knows what the Chiefs are. Almost everybody's back. So you're going to go with a team that you know what they are. Because right now, Houston's up in the air. They have Watson. They have J.J. Watt. We know that but what the offense is going to look like, where they lean tendency-wise, new defensive coordinator, it's a, it's an unknown, which is an advantage for Houston in-game, but from a Vegas standpoint, I totally understand why they would go heavy on Kansas City because they know what they're getting there. So that's that's my opinion, but I think the element of surprise and the Chiefs having to be on their toes and adjust in-game because they don't know what they're going into this time for the first time in a long time under the Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson duo i think that may have a big impact early on in the game oh for sure yeah i definitely i definitely think if you know we've, they don't know what to think of of houston you know i think vegas had hopkins counting for four wins for us you know and taking him away they took away you know a lot of what they felt houston had and rightfully so like i said he's he was a great wide receiver great player but i i think it's going to be much closer than, than they, they have going. For sure. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and, you know, our last, our last little topic here is kind of a, what if, or can you imagine type of uh, topic here, but say there's a redraft and uh, you know, Chicago had a chance to get Mahomes. They take Mahomes. Do you still think the chiefs trade up to 10 there and get Deshaun Watson? I, that would be tough. Um, I do think it'd be a fight between Houston and Kansas City as to who who jumps up, gives the best offer, and and goes after that guy. Because I know we were real high on Watson and we really wanted him. So if and, uh, you know, Holmes wasn't there, everything out of uh, everything out of Kansas City's camp during that draft was that they really loved Deshaun Watson. Also, so when the Chiefs when the Chiefs name came up at ten. Uh, that we had traded with the Bills and moved up to 10, everybody, even the guys on NFL Network, thought that it was for Deshaun Watson. You know, the sure. cameras were on Deshaun Watson, and all of a sudden, Roger Goodell gets up there and he says, Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Rich Eisen just does the big old whoa. I mean, it's it's part of our intro, like on our <laughs> podcast here, uh, is his reaction to that. But 
I don't know, man. I just I feel like either of them would succeed in Kansas City. I think Deshaun Watson, with the weapons that Kansas City has, Deshaun Watson would be what Patrick Mahomes is now. If he was, oh, absolutely. That's I my absolutely opinion. Agree. No, for sure. But I absolutely. I also agree. think. I also think Patrick Mahomes would still be a star regardless of where he was. Also. This oh, is my yeah, definitely. You know, if he was in place of Mitchell Trubisky, then for sure the Bears would be way better off than they are right now. For sure. I mean, honestly, I'm just how sad is it to be a Bears fan? <laughs> like <laughs> those two guys, those two guys are available and you pick the wrong or the wrong of the three, it'd be devastating. But I mean, you look at that hypothetical. I totally agree that Watson would have been a chief in that situation. Honestly, if that would have happened, the Texans probably would have ended up with Trubisky, which that's disgusting if you're a Houston fan to even consider thinking about that. But I, I think Mahomes would have done Kaiser. Yeah, I don't think they would have done that. But I, uh, I think Mahomes would have been good in Chicago too. I just – I think Chicago picked the wrong guy. And I think if you flip-flop the two in Mahomes and Watson – I think they'd both be as successful as one another are. You know what I mean? Like I think sure. Mahomes would have done just as well as Watson has in Houston and vice versa. And I don't know. There's an argument could be made that they may be better if they would have been flipped. Because when they came in, Watson was more of like an offensive guy. He was more like systematic. He wasn't as erratic as Pat. He wasn't as like – Well, he's a West Coast guy. I mean, Andy Reid's a West Coast guy. So, I mean, the fit was perfect. Yeah, that right, definitely exactly. fits the scheme. And I think in a run-and-gun type of situation, I know you guys have struggled at times offensive line-wise. Watson is your guy, honestly, from a mobility standpoint, I think. I think he's got a step on pad in that. But just uh, Mahomes' ability to throw at different angles, I think it's the greatest of all time in terms of his arm arc and directional throws off balance and on his back foot. I think he's better at that than anybody. No looking. Yeah, that too. I think with the line concerns and line issues you guys have had early on in Watson's career, I think Mahomes might have done better in Houston, and I think Watson might have done about the same, if not better, in Kansas City. So I don't know. We'll never know. It's a hypothetical situation, but it would have been crazy. I think both teams would still be very happy with their quarterbacks. I think what we all agree on here is that neither quarterback is systematic. You know, I feel like, I feel like we all think that either of them could fit in any system and be successful. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's the new era of quarterbacks. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming up next year. It's going to be the same way. Whatever team he goes to, I think he's going to tear it up. Probably uh, I am Jacksonville. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> Tanking I, for Trevor. I am uh, excited to see Joe Burrow and see what he can do in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray in a second year there in Arizona. I'm excited to see what he can do, step up as well. But it's just a new era, new age of quarterbacks. I do think Lamar Jackson's uh, time is going to end before people uh, like to think, just because we've seen it before. You know, Kaepernick, I mean, Kaepernick kind of took himself out, but even before that, he was going downhill pretty fast. But that's just my opinion on it. But that's that's a topic for a different day. Uh, but that is about all the time we have for today, guys. Branson, it's been awesome having you on, man. Uh, we appreciate the preview, uh, the heads up on the Texans, and it should be a pretty good battle here come Thursday night. 
I look forward to it. Thanks again for having me on. It's been it's been a blast. Awesome, man. That is Branson Thomas from the Back Row Texans show. Thanks for thanks for coming on again, man. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you Thursday night. Man, that was a lot of fun there with the KC tailgaters. Uh, if you didn't listen all the way through or you might not have heard me, I, of course, was the only one there that picked Houston to beat KC. Uh, everybody was a homer in, in that review. Uh, but my game score prediction was 34-31. You know, I think it's going to be close. Like I said on there, you know, if you're a betting man, uh, take Houston because KC is not going to beat them by more than nine if they beat them at all. It's going to be close. Anytime you got Deshaun Watson there, it's going to be a close game. He's going to do his job there. So wear your red, white, and blue proud. No matter where you are, all over the world, show that Texan pride. Be smart. Be safe. Tomorrow, let's kick some butt. And don't forget, go Texans!